1: back to the Blitz Podcast. I'm Steve Gallo, your host. And, of course, I'm joined by my trusty sidekick and co-host, Harley Schultz. Mr. Schultz, how are you doing two weeks into this NFL season?
0: Well, I feel a lot better than last week. Last week I was clearly tired, uh, which is my only excuse for feeling the name of Derek Thomas. But also, uh, it, it just feels like as we get into the cooler months here, as it starts getting to fall, Actually, it's starting to feel more like football weather, and that means it's going to feel more like football season. And obviously, we're two weeks into the season now. We're entering week number three. Uh, that means we're a fifth of the way, uh, just under a fifth of the way with the 17th game this year, into 2021 football.
1: Yeah, so um, I don't know about feeling tired, but I think my fantasy teams were all asleep this week. That's for certain.
0: Well, be happy your teams were just asleep and not uh, – on route to permanent uh injury and displacement
1: yeah there's no telling that might be the case i'd hope for some zombie action right about now i'd be happy but anyway um yeah it's you know i hate the first three weeks of the season from a projection standpoint it's so hard there's no real trends right stuff like that and it's you got to try and figure out what's real what's not what's injury related what's you know it's just it's The sample size is so small. Not that four weeks is any, you know, much better, but at least you have something to start seeing trends and stuff for who's the best matchups, this, that, and the other, right?
0: Yeah, and I have to to admit, I was uh, really fortunate to uh, look into things a little bit closer last week, follow some of the injuries, and I think as far as like coming up with uh, trends for positive game scripts, and as well as who to play, who not to play, in games such as, well, everyone was on board with the Dallas-Los Angeles Chargers game as being one of the highest-scoring games on the docket this past weekend. Obviously, it wasn't, but I was very much down on both Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper because I felt like those two would have the hardest time uh, getting points against the Los Angeles secondary, whereas I thought that C.D. Lamb had a better chance to perform what she did. Now, unfortunately, I also thought that Dalton Schultz would have a big game here because of that He didn't really. Neither did Cedric Wilson, who I liked as a deep sleeper. But again, it's hard to figure out everything after just two weeks. That's why we usually say uh, after three weeks, then we can start seeing some real trends. And I have a strange feeling we might be talking about that with our listeners next week.
1: Yeah. Actually, I was going to say, we sound like we're going to do it now. We're not. We're actually probably not going to do it next week. We might, but it's more than likely we're going to do it the following week and week going into week four. But we will see. We'll call that a tease, I think they say in the business. But, you know, other than that, um, I, I just got to be honest with you, like, it seems like there's nothing but news on all the time. And the news is always bad. And it's very political and all that kind of stuff, which is why, honestly, I enjoy throwing it over to Harley for this week's Blitz podcast news.
0: Thank you, Steve. Recently signed running back, On Johnson, may be called up active by the 49ers this Sunday as Elijah Mitchell, Trey Sermon, and Jermichael Hasty all suffered injuries in week two. For Johnson's sake, I hope his disability insurance is paid in full. <laughs> in related news, Duke Johnson, Lamar Miller, and TJ Yeldon were all spotted trying out for the Niners this morning. I mean, I can kind of understand where they're coming from. Once you have ridden the rail out of active NFL status, you just want that one last chance, that one last shining moment in the sun, that chance to reach one last time for that brass ring and to go back and collect one more veteran minimum contract before ultimately sustaining a season-ending injury on the first series that you play. (laughs) Davis Mills will start at quarterback this Thursday for the Texans as they face the Panthers. I mean, it's not like they have a veteran stud quarterback that they could dust off at no cost to start this week. So, kudos to the Texans for embracing the tank after just 2 games. <laughs> Tua Tagovailoa was knocked out of the Week 2 blowout by the Bills with bruised ribs. Fortunately, the rib damage isn't severe and the coaching staff believes pain endurance will be Tua's key to playing. To stress test his pain endurance, the team locked him in the video room and forced him to watch eight hours of Jacoby Brissett trying to emulate an NFL quarterback. If he can survive that sort of torture, Tua should be just fine to play next week. (laughs) And finally, initial tests on Andy Dalton's knees show no ACL tear for the veteran gunslinger. Matt Nagy has already declared that Dalton is his starting quarterback for the Bears when he is ready to play. At this time, we can neither confirm nor deny if the Chicago media has issued a bounty on Mr. Dalton. (laughs) This has been your non-political BPN News update.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I didn't really, that lead-in kind of was a little flat, I think. I was trying to intimate that. Your updates are fun and not depressing, and I didn't really say that, so hopefully everybody got what I meant, but yeah, whatever.
0: I was going to say, the only politics we might have in there is Matt Nagy's politics, uh, and I'm pretty sure if the City of Chicago could vote him out, they probably
1: would. Very true. Um, yeah, he got asked um, if Andy was, in during, during press conference, I think it was Brad Biggs, I can't say for certain, was asked, is Andy your starter when healthy? His response was, I'm not going to tell you that. That's a scheme thing. (laughs) Uh,
0: Under what possible scheme is Andy Dalton more likely to be a success under center than Justin Fields? Now, Fields didn't look great Ah. uh, playing in relief. But who is to say that Andy Dalton is going to be anything better than what Justin Fields showed up there.
1: So, but here's the thing, and I, I heard the same exact narrative as you, Justin Fields didn't do well, Oh, are we so sure we want Justin Fields now, blah, 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 blah. Here's the one thing that you hear a lot when it happens mid-game when a quarterback gets thrust into it. What's the first thing they usually say? Well, he didn't get many snaps with the first team, so you got to expect that he may be a little rusty, especially yeah. with a guy as raw as Fields is being a rookie. I mean, that's the truth. He'll, he'll fare much better having a full week of practice with the ones, if that's the case.
0: Well, definitely. And you think that that would be the case. And you would also think, though, that a team that has intention of using a particular quarterback, uh, i.e. Justin Fields and or Trey Lance in San Francisco, who have particular plays drawn up just for them uh, right now, as far as getting into the ball game in like a RPO type situation, you'd think that they have some experience being practicing with the firsts.
1: Yeah, I mean, some, but it's still not the same as taking all those starter reps, I don't think. So just saying, first, you know, for him to get thrown in there, yeah, you expect him to be able to perform, but I wouldn't read too much into the first, you know, time he gets in there for real action with not a full week of, you know, real true practice for him to struggle. So, you know, is what it is. Um, So anyway, talking quarterbacks... I guess let's let's do this and tell everybody you know what our segments are going to be. Of course, we're going to have our DFS segment a little later, um, where we'll give you our payups, stayaways, and value plays. Um, of course, Hartland and I don't talk about our likes, dislikes, etc. Prior to actually talking about them live, and then how about we start off with navigating fantasy value due to quarterback injuries and/or changes? Does that sound yeah, right? it's
0: been a very uh, I mean, obviously, there are a lot of key running back injuries over the first couple weeks of the season, including to several dynasty stud running backs. But it seems last week, I should say, it seems like week two, which just passed, we lost several quarterbacks to injury. Uh, I actually feel really crazy about this. Uh, I play in a long-term Empire League. We're in our 11th season this year. We're the first Empire League actually ever created. Uh, thanks to the godfather of fantasy football, Paul Charchian, and that particular league, uh, we have most of our teams have four, three or four starting quarterbacks. Well, I lost three of my starting quarterbacks to injury this weekend, and I was playing sort of a zero quarterback uh, end game. I did have Deshaun Watson, who obviously is not playing right now because the Texans just don't want to. But I had Carson Wentz go down. I had Tyrod Taylor go down. And I had Andy Dalton on my bench in that league, but he is also down. So, I mean, it, it kind of sucks in a super flex environment to watch your team lose three quarterbacks. But it, it doesn't just affect the quarterbacks. It also affects the players around them.
1: So that's what I was going to say. So let's take a look real quick to week one. You have Raheem Mostert go out with injury, right? Nobody bets yes. an eye. They go and say we want Elijah Mitchell, or I want to gamble on Trey Sermon, getting out of the doghouse, or maybe I'll, you know, stash Jeff Wilson away. Maybe Jermichael Hastie will will have some involvement. It doesn't really change things other than the Mostert owners out of having Mostert as his his running back, right? Um, Yeah. It doesn't change the value of the wide receivers. It doesn't really change the value of the quarterback um, or the tight end. I don't really care about the value of a quarterback. But now you fast forward and you take it to Indianapolis and Carson Wentz goes down and now you've got Jacob Eason in at quarterback. Well, I don't care that, and look, I understand if you own Wentz, it's going to bug you because you can't use him as a zero quarterback, et cetera. But what I'm getting at is the loss of Wentz doesn't just impact the quarterback's value in fantasy. It's possibly going to impact um, Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman, Jack Doyle, Zach Pascal, Mo Alley-Cox. You know what I mean? Like there's more to it. So that's where, okay, you go from Tua to Jacoby Brissett. What's going to happen now to your skill position players there? And that's what I want to talk about from from when I say value. That's what I'm talking about. So go ahead, take us down this road. Who are we going to talk about first? Well,
0: well, let's start with Wentz since you brought him up right away here. I, I think that this is kind of interesting in the case of Wentz. I think everyone thought going into the season that he was escaping a house of horrors in terms of the lack of offensive line protection he got while uh, spending the last couple of years in Philadelphia, going to a team that uh, was known for having a very strong offensive line in Indianapolis. Well, it, it hasn't really helped Wentz because he's been getting hurried and pressured and sacked pretty much just as frequently in Indianapolis as he was when he was at Philadelphia. So... Uh, it it's really it's it's kind of brave to see what he's been able to do in that offense with, I mean, arguably weapons that may have more prospective talent than the weapons he had at the end in Philly. But guys who are still, I mean, like wide receivers that are still kind of in that same like lower tier. I mean, yes, we we all like Michael Pittman for the future. Uh, I like Paris Campbell for the future. We like Moali Cox for the future. Zach Pascal is is a nice little uh, PPR type player uh, who can get some good good opportunities out of the slot uh, going forward. But again, those names aren't like huge names. Much like when he was with the Philadelphia Eagles, where he was thrown to like some Greg Ward and Travis Fulgham and uh, Elshon Jeffrey. I mean, Elshon Jeffrey was the biggest name there, but he was never on the field. So uh, he's going into a situation where he doesn't have a, a Big name receiver to be his anchor to throw to. Uh, he's getting blitzed heavily, and lo and behold, he ends up with a pair of ankle injuries. Now, obviously, his big injury this off was to his foot, so any sort of damage to any of the tissue close to that has to be has to be fearful for you. And so they bring in Jacob Eason. Uh, there's also the uh, the other rookie they have, uh, is it Ellinger. Yes, who might probably. see some work uh, but the little hope that you had for a guy like Pascal or for a guy like Pittman or a guy like Campbell that kind of all goes to the wayside I mean you're, you're talking about guys who are probably in wide receiver three wide receiver four conversation for most teams maybe in wide receiver five now those guys they're they're barely startable
1: yep and, I mean and then Jonathan Taylor. You're like, well, how does that? Well, because you can stack the box. They have no fear of the quarterback beating them now. Um, that's what the fear was preseason, right? That's when Taylor's stock started to drop and he was falling out of the first round when Wentz got hurt the first time. So, yeah, for me, that's a, if, if Carson's out, the entire offense is going to take a hit. Um, Jonathan Taylor probably still keeps running back two value, but he probably flips between running back two and three value. can see a floor of four sometimes. And the wide receivers, you better hope you don't need them unless it's because you just have an injured, you know, core and you can't help but try to put, you know, Pittman in there. But you have to seriously, seriously understand that your upside is about all but gone. In, in.
0: Yeah, it, it's really tough in their in their situation, because unlike some of the other teams that may be forced to lean on younger quarterbacks, there just isn't a lot of faith in okay. in what Eason and, and what guys like that can do. I mean, take, for example, the Washington football team. Uh, on this past Thursday, I actually benched Terry McLaurin uh, in, in a league where I'm very, very deep at wide receiver. Uh, I had him ranked slightly behind Antonio Brown, who unfortunately didn't do anything for Tampa Bay this past weekend. But I played Antonio Brown over Terry McLaurin because I thought the matchup was better. But also because I wanted to see what exactly Washington had with Taylor Heineke. And again, I didn't think it was a great matchup on paper. But here's the difference, though. Terry McLaurin proved to us all on Thursday that he can be out there with whatever the quarterback is. I really don't think we've seen that from Michael Pittman or Zach Pascal yet—that they're able to be playmakers regardless of quarterback.
1: Yeah, they're not—they're tef- not. I'm not willing to bet on them being Teflon at this point. So, the they are not battle tested. No, not battle tested. Um, anyway, okay. What else? Who do you want to move to next?
0: Okay, well, let's talk about Tua. He was in the news this week, obviously with the rib damage. Uh, Jacoby Brissett actually is a veteran. He's got over a year of starting in the NFL behind him unfortunately over that year plus of watching him start, we saw exactly what the ceiling is in Jacoby Brissett. And I hate to say this folks, but the ceiling for Jacoby Brissett is slightly under the floor of Teddy Bridgewater. And everyone here that listens to our show knows how much I hate Teddy Bridgewater. So, and I don't hate Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater is one of the nicest guys on the face of this earth, but from a fantasy perspective, I just do not trust him. Even though he started off the season pretty good for Denver, uh, so you put in Brissett in there, and that team takes a slight dive. But what they do have going for them is Will Fuller, who missed this past week due to a personal reason that we don't know what the – no one's explained yet what that personal issue was. Uh, we do know uh, someone on Twitter had posted a photo of the Facebook page of the family of Fuller, his uh, his parents and his sister both traveled to uh, the site of the game this past weekend. So they were with him uh, for whatever his personal issue was. And we do also know that he is planning on uh, suiting up and playing this week. So that's a good thing for Jacoby Brissett because Will Fuller, uh, he's done good with mediocre quarterbacks in the past, as long as he stayed healthy. Now, The rest of that offense there, you've got Devontae Parker. He's had some mediocre quarterbacks to play with down there. And Jalen Waddell, obviously, he's got the connection with Tua Tagovailoa. So it'll be interesting to see what happens to him going forward with a different quarterback.
1: Well, I just have to leave you with one number. 4.2. Do you know what that is? 4.2.
0: Was that Brissette's passer rating this week?
1: No, his passer rating was 40-something.
0: But that <laughs> oh, jeez, that's almost as bad.
1: Yeah, 40.6. <laughs> but thank you for calling it passer rating because I hate when people say it's quarterback rating because it's not his passer rating. No, 4.2 was his YPA. Ee, 4.2.
0: So I guess, if anything, this maybe increases the value of Mike Gasicki, who wasn't getting much love from Tua— It probably helps uh, guys like Patrick Laird and Selvan Ahmad, who are the backup running backs there, who like to catch the ball out of the backfield sometimes. And and I guess it would also then potentially help Miles Gaskin, who is an adept pass catcher as well out of the backfield.
1: Yeah. um, I mean, I just, I'm not real sold on the Miami offense as it is, even with Tua. So for me, it's kind of like the same thing with the Colts. It's, man, I'm steering clear of those guys unless I really have to. With the exception of, look, I like Fuller, but he makes a risky wide receiver three now. You know what I mean? Um, yes. If you if you're not going to have two in there, and the upsides there, the floor is not. Uh, that's the problem. So you better be able to plug him as a wide receiver three or a flex. Um, but yeah, so that's where we are with that. Okay, who's next? Well, I
0: think you. Well, okay. you also yeah. have to realize too is that. Fuller's made his living off of running deep uh, fly patterns.
1: Yeah, he'll help the wa- and the ball being thrown deep. Him,
0: rather than he's not the one who's going to catch the ball five yards and then run it sixty-five yards to the house.
1: No, he'll def, but he'll definitely. Well, you have to hope that he will. Um, he should help <laughs> increase that that YPA if he can catch at least one pass because it'll be a deep one.
0: Exactly. Well, so uh, we talked a little bit in the news also about uh, the injury to Tyrod Taylor. Now, for those of you who went with zero quarterback this year, Tyrod Taylor was kind of a nice little sneaky pickup at the end there, and he's looked very, very good through the first two weeks. Kind of made a lot of people in Houston forget about Deshaun Watson.
1: I picked him up and played him this week in the (laughs) league.
0: And he was actually on pace to have a pretty good game against Cleveland until he got hurt. He was. Now, obviously, they're turning the ball over to either Davis Mills or journeyman veteran uh, Jeff Driscoll. Uh, Driscoll, we last saw uh, riding the Pine in Denver when they were out all of their quarterbacks, and uh, he spent a lot of time in Cincinnati backing up Andy Dalton during Andy Dalton's prime there. But neither of those two is uh, going to scare opposing defenses. But as was proven with Tyrod at the helm this year, everyone went into this season writing off Brandon Cooks. But it. Here's the question. Is Brandon Cooks approaching Terry McLaurin level and that you can feel safe starting him no matter who's at quarterback?
1: Um, I don't know that that's the case, but I know where you drafted him, and you're not going to be able to not have him in your lineup.
0: Yeah, this I think back to offseason. I mean, every league I was in, every dynasty format I was in, Everyone was trying to sell him because of the uh, issues around Watson. And uh, all he's done is come out and perform in the first two weeks.
1: Yeah, um, I, I just, man, I, I'm just not thrilled with what you have behind him. It's just not, unless they somehow, some way decide to get Deshaun out there, um, chalk it up to, again, it's, it's going to be a rough go. It's going to be inconsistent. Well, and
0: I, I think something we have to look at in the case of Cooks, too, is I, I think there will be people who do look at this and say, well, it's it's still Brandon Cooks. He's kind of like a poor man's Mike Evans, and he always goes out and gets his 1,000 yards and, and does his thing. But not only are they going to be without their starting quarterback for the next four weeks, uh, in addition to that, they've got – other injuries at the wide receiver position, Anthony Miller just came back from injury. Yep. Nico Collins is going to miss some time with an injury now. And Danny Amendola is likely to miss the next couple games with an injury as well. So suddenly they don't have a lot of depth there. And when you don't have a lot of depth and you have one remaining solid guy to work with, you know what happens? That guy gets double teamed all the time.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I would give an uptick to Philip Lindsay. Oh yeah. Maybe David Johnson. Um, Mark Ingram, I think, takes a hit because you can stack the box and dare him to try and, you know, try and beat you that way while you're doubling, you know, Brandon Cooks. Um, but, you know, they got to account for Will Full- Oh, that's right. Will Fuller's not there anymore.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, when he was there, he was hardly ever there. So true.
1: That is true. That is true. Okay. We
0: touched on some, uh, one of the later pieces of news of quarterbacks is that, uh, Derek Carr apparently suffered a injury. He played through it, and he's actually looked really, really good in the first two weeks of the season, despite having a bunch of no-names as wide receiver position to throw to. Uh, But whereas in the past, if Derek Carr were to miss time, Marcus Mariota would have been able to step right in and be his backup and be good. Well, Marcus Mariota was just put on IR last week, so I believe that leaves... uh, a, a fan favorite in Nathan Peterman <laughs> see a backup right now.
1: This you you mean a Gruden favorite? A Gruden favorite. <laughs> Honestly, I'm I'm not sure. And then maybe the files are sealed. But I would be shocked if there's not some sort of stalking charges that Peterman has against against Gruden.
0: <laughs> so I mean, it's possible. And again, it's it's a scary thought to think about. It, it's possible we could see Nathan Peterman under center at some point here <laughs> this week. For Las Vegas. So at the very least, he'll, he'll be taking snaps to to get the uh, second team share in this week.
1: Goodness, yes. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I thought just it seemed like there were so many young, unproven quarterbacks as backups <coughs> this year. And now teams are going to see what that cost is.
0: Yeah. and it, uh, Unfortunately, when you've got guys like Cam Newton sitting out in the free agent wire, everybody on Twitter will instantly say, well, Why doesn't the team go inside Cam Newton? Well, here's the thing. If you're a team that is likely going to be running the gamut of the bottom of the barrel, paying money to a Cam Newton doesn't do a whole lot for you because he might actually get you a win or two where you probably are better served to just take those losses and get a better draft pick next year. And, again, the veteran minimum for a quarterback is... And actually, a si- pretty sizable dollar amount. So,
1: <laughs> that's true. That is true. I mean,
0: uh, well, I know we talked a lot about Andy Dalton already in his situation there, uh, Justin Fields, and what what effect he has. Now, a- as a quarterback, perhaps better known for his leg work, does that distract at all from the potential value of an Allen Robinson or a Darnell Mooney or? Uh, Marquise Goodwin or Brashad Perriman in the passing game,
1: uh, maybe maybe the latter two. I don't think it does from Mooney or Robinson. I believe that what happens is you see those legs; they're going to open things up, right? Because they can't commit to they. You'll you'll have them overcorrecting and overcommitting to try and you know stop the run. But also, what seems to happen, and I don't have any numbers to back this up, but what seems to happen, you watch it with you know. Lamar Jackson's even back in the Michael Vick days when they start running and and Cam Newton's when they start running it helps to settle them down and they get a little more into a groove right and then it just seems like they tend to perform overall a little better and I think that that's something that can help the rookie when you're doing something that you're good at and can help to make you stop thinking and start playing so I don't think him running is going to actually hurt those guys I think it helps I think it helps Montgomery also
0: I was just going to say, does his running actually hurt Montgomery? Then, but you, you say it'll actually help him.
1: I think it helps him. i the, look if any run that happens, you would say, well, that's less that they're able to, you know, give Montgomery. But if he runs ten times in a game, how many of them are design runs versus okay, the pocket, you know, broke down and he he busted out and he made a play. So I would say it may take more attempts away from the wide receiver core than it actually does the running back.
0: Well, he isn't injured yet, but uh, we have to wonder how much his psyche is injured, and that's Zach Wilson.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, is there any chance that the Jets uh, put him on the bench for a couple games here to to let him get his uh, head clear, or do you think they just continue to throw him to the Wolves?
1: No, you got to keep throwing him to the Wolves. I mean, he was like 0 for 2 with two interceptions or something to start the game, and he still he wound up with four interceptions, a passer rating of 37. Not good. Not good at all. Um, 19 of 33, 210 yards, no touchdowns. Um, Braxton Berrios led the team with 11 targets, seven for 73. Um, but you know, that's not necessarily who you were expecting to lead. So yeah, it's, they got to leave him out there, but there's, he doesn't have a favorite to me. Maybe Jason, Jason, maybe, um, Crowder coming back and getting some time in will help him. Um, give him a nice guy. That's a safety blanket of sort. So, yeah, I'm not touching the offense. I'm not looking. I'm not going fishing there. I'm not trading for somebody. There's probably nobody to get rid of because he didn't give much, you know, draft capital wise to get anybody. Um, Ty Johnson, twelve for fifty this past weekend. He was free at the end of drafts. So Michael Carter looked pretty good this week. Yeah, he was eleven for fifty nine, um, and they're going to do a hot hand. Tevin Coleman, the starter, five for twenty four. Hard to run when you're, you know, that behind. So I'm actually shocked that they ran the ball 28 times with their running backs.
0: Well, this week here might be even tougher for Mr. Wilson because uh, they're traveling to Denver, where Denver's secondary is for real this year.
1: Well, he can't suck as bad because there's not as much wind to suck up there.
0: <laughs>
1: I made Harley laugh. That might be the first in like six years.
0: That that uh, well, that kind of breaks us through some of these injured quarterbacks. I mean, again, it, there was some interesting quarterback play this week. Uh, obviously, uh, guys like Ben Roethlisberger looks like he might be injured. Obviously, he isn't. Uh, Jameis Winston wash might be might be might be tittering on the edge of. Uh, We're seeing some Taysom Hill play coming up here.
1: Yeah, was wondering that myself. Um, but maybe Carolina's defense is just better than what everybody thought, and it was a road game, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Look, let's not forget, this is not the Saints of Drew Brees. This is the Saints of Jameis Winston. And you don't have Michael Thomas. Okay. What they have got worse wide receivers probably. They have a worse receiving crew, let's call it that way, than the Eagles probably had last year, because at least the Eagles had Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz.
0: That is true, because they the full of the Saints, they have no Michael Thomas. Traquan Smith is still out. Ah, uh, so their top two receivers this week, I believe, were, uh,
1: yeah, so uh,
0: Callaway and uh, Deontay Harris.
1: Right. So, I mean, they had a big win over the Packers last week. Nobody expected that, I don't think. Um, yeah, granted, they were home, so but they have this big win. So now you think, oh wow, they got some momentum. They're going to be able to do something. And they go to Carolina on the road, which is never easy to win on the road. And there you go. I think you're
0: right, though. I think Carolina's defense is better than we thought they were.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Brian Burns is a stud. So he's always going to be giving fits to the quarterback.
0: Exactly. All
1: right. So are we are we done with our quarterback problems and, and stuff like uh, that? I guess we're
0: done with our quarterback problems. So now we can go into some quarterback solutions in DFS.
1: Yeah, that's the easy part, right? DFS, you don't have to worry about if your quarterback's hurt or how it impacted um, the value of the team. Well, actually, you have to worry about it because that helps you make these selections. And I wonder how that's going to impact what we picked tonight. Anyway, set the over-under for the crowd that wants to pay attention. i
0: going to say the over this week is five.
1: Five. Five. Mm. Taking the under. I didn't like this okay. week. Okay. I should take the over, but I'm taking the under because I did not like this week. But I had enough spots where I was like, him, cross them out, him, cross them out, go back to the first. So I think that that's possibly going to make it a little tougher.
0: I, I do tend to agree. There were some tough spots this week.
1: Yep. All right. Well, let's start at quarterback. Um, tell me who you are paying up for.
0: Well, I had to, and our, our listeners, again, we don't talk about things beforehand. I had to be honest and let you know a couple hours beforehand that when I sent over the spreadsheet of prices from DraftKings and FanDuel, that for some reason the top quarterback on the list got cut off, that being Kyler Murray, who's 8300 on DraftKings and 9000 on FanDuel. He's my pay-to-play this week. Uh, Arizona is at Jacksonville. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater and Tyrod Taylor have just combined for 600 yards and four touchdowns against this defense. It'll be fun to see what Kyler Murray does to them. Uh, they can't stop the run. They can't stop the pass. Uh, I would say the only thing that's going to keep Kyler Murray from producing 350 and five this week is if for some reason they get so far ahead that they put their backups in in the third quarter.
1: That's a good point. Um, and as soon as you, t- you pointed that out to me, I realized that I missed him. Um, I should have said, wait a minute, where is he? Um, but I tend to get confused on when who's playing Thursday nights and just didn't realize. So I crossed out the guy I had picked because I wasn't in love with him um, and went with Kyler Murray. So we've got a match right out the bat.
0: Yeah. Like I said, literally, I cut and paste the stuff from uh, from the uh, C, uh, CVS files or not CVS files, the CIS files, whatever, that they provide at each of the sites. And for whatever reason, that name got cut off. It was literally the top name on the list of quarterbacks. Yep. And it did not transfer over when I did the copy and paste. So uh, I blame my editing skills in Excel.
1: There you go. For what it's worth, Lamar Jackson was going to be my payup until you pointed out that error. And
0: Okay, well, that's I was going to say then, uh, who, uh, who is your stay away?
1: I was going to say, and I, I didn't love that. So I was going based on his rushing ability to offset anything that he may have from a passing standpoint. But anyway, my stay away is a guy... There's a couple of my easily could have said, let's stay away from, but I picked the guy to stay away from. That doesn't give you much with his feet, but he's been completely on fire this year. Completely on fire. I'm staying away from TB 12 this week on the road against the Rams.
0: We have our second match. Just like that. Oh uh, TB 12 was my pick as well to stay away. Again, the Rams have a pretty decent secondary. They, they haven't been great this year, but this is going to really be a test for Brady. yeah uh, He's going against a defense that can blitz. And I I just think that, obviously, you're going to have Jalen Ramsey shadowing one of those receivers. It'll it'll be up to Brady to make some magic happen. And you know what? Brady might make some magic happen. But Brady making magic happen to win this game might not mean four and a half touchdowns like he's been averaging.
1: Yep. I mean, I'm guessing somewhere in the 250 to 270 and two to three. But even mm-hmm. at 303, are you really getting what you can get versus a 270 and two from a Josh Allen or a Russell Wilson who may add 40, 50 yards or a touchdown on the ground? Exactly. So, all right. So, who the value play? I'll be honest with you. I struggle with value play because I'm going, nope, 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 nope. Don't like that matchup. Nope, nope, nope. Injured, 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 injured. Nope, 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 nope. nope. So, my value plays a higher-priced guy. As is here. Okay. Maybe we'll be three for three. Um, Derek Carr at 5,900. Interesting, but hurt. Um, Baker Mayfield. Interesting at home, but tough matchup against Chicago. Right? Shoulder. How's that going to play? Ben Roethlisberger at home. Cincinnati's supposed to be horrible, although they played pretty tight. But it was Chicago. Uh, You know... Teddy, Teddy one touchdown, Bridgewater home, playing the Jets, 5,800. No, I went with the guy who I think leading his team in rushing, as well as having played pretty decent so far in two games, Daniel Jones, against a putrid Atlanta defense.
0: Uh, I, I can see going with him as the, uh, for much the same reason. There are a, a lot of guys who just didn't seem like values this week. Yep. But it's interesting that the person I chose as my value play is the guy that you were originally going to pay to play. And that's Lamar Jackson.
1: <laughs> I, I almost did that. I'm not going to lie to you. I almost. I thought did that's that. where you were going through there for a while.
0: Uh, the Jackson's averaging just under 100 rushing yards per game right now. He's got roughly 235 passing yards per game for the first two games. Uh, and you know what? He's faced two relatively bad run defenses in the first two games. So that's part of it. But guess what? The Lions have an even worse run defense than either of the who so he's faced already. So another 100 yards is a guarantee. I mean, obviously, uh, Tyson Williams has been okay, and Latavius has been okay, and Devonta Freeman has been okay. But Lamar Jackson is the guy who's going to lead his team in rushing the next couple weeks as well. And it's going to start this week against the really bad Detroit defense. Yep.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, You. <laughs> almost, almost. Not going to lie, almost. Uh, but when, I, when
0: you started talking about leading his team in in, in rushing, I thought for sure we were going to match on that.
1: You, you know what? It sounded like I could have. I could go back and edit and change it to Lamar Jackson. It would make sense, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so two or three at quarterbacks, not bad, quite honestly. Um, but there's a bunch of horrible matchups in my mind.
0: There's some really bad quarterback uh, matchups. So, so you either pan a lot or yeah. Matthew, you're a lot. Matthew Stafford
1: <laughs> against Tampa Bay's defense. Don't love it. Um, just, oh, I
0: will say this: uh, Tampa Bay's secondary. It's a little shoddy right now. Like it, a few injuries back there.
1: It is, but what can that front do? You know, to to alleviate that. Yep. So that's why I'm saying it's just not a it's not a gimme. Um, Justin Herbert, okay, but he's on the road. There probably be some. Garbage time there. He was the one. I don't love Josh Allen against the Redskins' defense. I'm sorry, against Washington's yep, defense. Yep. Slipped up, slipped up. Um, Russell Wilson against Minnesota. Not bad. Just didn't. It's on the road. You know what I mean? It's got. Sometimes Seattle plays these games where you expect them to have high scoring affairs, and they're just nine to twelve scores type thing.
0: Well, it, it's interesting that Russell Wilson is. Uh, As as a resident of Minnesota, we've watched the Vikings face Russell Wilson and the Seahawks several times since Russell Wilson got into the league. And the Seahawks have traditionally owned Minnesota during this period of time. But what we've also seen is uh, they win these games and then Russell Wilson's final line just is like, wait a second, they scored 40 points and he has like 250 and two. Right. What, what happened?
1: <laughs> Twelve rushing
0: yards, like that. It's just... all rushing yards, including rushing yards by him.
1: No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, let's run on over to the running back spot. Tell me what you got.
0: Okay. Well, so at running back, uh, I'm I'm paying to play King Henry this week. Uh, I dissed Henry when he was absolutely stinking up the place with the with the bad tweet about. What, uh, what value did he have from a trade standpoint to owners uh, halfway through week two when he had like 40 yards and obviously coming off the bad week one? Well, I apparently uh, lit a fire under Henry, and he went absolutely bat guano crazy in the second half. <laughs> uh, Their first two opponents that uh, Indianapolis has faced has averaged 125 combined y- uh, combo yards to opposing running backs. So, I mean, Henry's going to get at least 125 in this game. I don't see him doing another 200 burger, but it's certainly possible because he can literally he can break it off from any place. Uh, he, he was obviously playing with the fire though, and I, I, I can only t- I can only guess that somebody showed him my tweet during halftime, and it really
1: pissed him off. So, listen, <laughs> he did not have just a bad first game; he had a bad first six quarters. Exactly. And you know, then I look and you see what he's done, and I'm like, well, man, how do you not play? T- how do you not pay up for Henry, you know, at home against the Colts? And then as I'm looking at him, trying to fall in love with the play, I see Dalvin Cook below him, $200 cheaper. And guess what? Dalvin Cook's at home, facing the same team that Derrick Henry just obliterated. <laughs> yep. So you know who I'm paying up for? I'm not paying up for Dalvin Cook. I'm paying up for Derrick Henry because when a freight train is going downhill and the brakes aren't working – you just got to let her go till she stops and I'm not getting off the Derrick Henry train right now. I'm paying up for Derrick Henry too.
0: Yeah, and this is one of those weeks where it's possible to play both of those guys. At least on DraftKings where the total salary is 17k. Yeah. I'd be a little tougher at FanDuel where you're paying just under 20,000 for the pair of them, but uh, you can you can try to squeeze them both in your in your DraftKings lineup and go a little cheaper at wide receiver. You, you probably want to do that because th- there's a lot of yeah, well, yeah, whatever in the middle, middle tier of running backs this week, a lot of guys I just don't really like at are the, either their matchup or their price point. Yep. So uh, you might as well just pay up for the two big ones this week and and take advantage of the good matchups.
1: Okay. So here I'm going to give you my my stay away because I, I just this is a public service announcement. Okay. If you are an Alvin Kamara owner in non daily fantasy football, you have to start him. Okay. But in DFS, you do not. And being the third highest priced running back on both sites, I'm sorry, on the road in New England What we with what we just saw, I'm going to take a pause and I'm not going to rush putting him into my lineup.
0: So we have two matchups, uh, two matches at the running back position. Uh, Elvin Kamar is my stay away as well. Uh, you know, both of New England's opponents have given up a few receptions to the opposing running backs this year. So. Maybe Kamara finally gets it going in that, and he but could. the issue is he's just not getting targeted right now, and there's absolutely no excuse for that. Because as we just mentioned, New Orleans has no one at wide receiver. They should be throwing the ball at Kamara as much as Derek Carr is throwing the ball at Darren Waller, and they're not.
1: I wouldn't be shocked to see fifteen carries for sixty nine yards and a touchdown, and. Nine catches for eighty six yards and two touchdowns. I wouldn't be shocked to see that even against the Patriots. But you can't rely on it at this point because you got you saw good, you saw horrible. Let's just see what happens first. There's no need to push it, so stay away from him.
0: And this is still this is still Belichick at home, too. Yes. Belichick at home takes away your team's best player. And Kamara is so obviously the best player in New Orleans that they will do whatever it takes to keep him from beating
1: them. Okay. So, I'm going to let you go first with your value play.
0: Uh, I have a feeling we're not going to match on this one. Uh, my value play is actually a little more expensive. Like I said, I don't like a lot of the median-priced value play guys this year. This year, this week, I'm going to pay up for Saquon Barkley. I feel like last week he started to get his sea legs about him. He had a, a big long run. Uh, the G-men are facing, a, as you mentioned earlier, a really bad Atlanta team that can definitely be gouged on the running game. So and, and also they've been beaten by pass catching backs right this year too. I, I think that Barkley uh, finally becomes playable, and at 6,500 and 6,000, his price is never going to be this cheap again. I mean, unless he goes on IR again, but right. uh, it's just it's such a great value uh, price-wise.
1: So as I'm per- you know, perusing the list, Barkley's the first one that jumps out at me. He truly is, and I see him, and I go 6,500 bucks, and I, I always tend to. Default looking at DraftKings first instead of Fandle. That's just who I am and how I do it. And then I'm, I look and I'm like, great matchup. I really do like it. I You're right. He's way underpriced in my opinion. Um, but Chris Carson's 100 bucks cheaper, and he's got a pretty yeah. daggone matchup too. Uh, it's a value play. I probably should go with the cheaper guy. So I wrote Carson down. And then I'm still looking at it going, I, but I don't love Carson. So I crossed him out and I put Saquon. And I felt really, and I felt really, really good about it. And I was like, but it's, it's a that's a high price for a, for a, for a value play. Right. Yep. So as I'm sitting there admiring my work, my eyes happened to glance up and they saw Dalvin cook. (laughs) And guess what? I crossed out Saquon for Dalvin cook. Yes, the second highest priced running back on the list is my value play this week. If I wasn't going to make him my pay up, he damn well is going to be in my lineup as a value play.
0: Yeah, I, I can understand that. Uh, there, I mean, there are a few guys I kind of looked at. Uh, we didn't know coming into tonight whether or not DeAndre Swift would play. He did suit up for tonight's game. Uh, the match against Baltimore doesn't seem great on paper, but he's such a key part of the Detroit offense. Yep. That that price is pretty good. At least 5800 on DraftKings. His FanDuel price of 7400 is too much. Uh, you've got a guy like uh, Tyson Williams, like we talked about, facing Detroit. I think he's going to be involved. Uh, Damian Harris, the price tag looks better coming off of the last week. But New Orleans' run defense is actually pretty good. So I didn't want him. I thought about Miles Gaskins against Las Vegas. And you know what? Here's the thing. Las Vegas' run defense, I thought they were worse than they actually are. So I looked back, and I saw Najee Harris's line, and you know Najee scored a touchdown and actually trucked the one uh, safety. But it his final line wasn't that great. I was a little surprised. So it's like I was like, I keep looking, I keep looking. None of these value places really don't. You know, I thought James Robinson uh, going up against the Arizona, who Delvin Cook was just running through Arizona last week. But no, it's Jacksonville, and they're probably going to be playing from behind. Yep. <clears throat> so yeah, I just I kept... Going down the list and nothing, nothing, nothing. So again, this is the week. Just pay up for the two highest priced guys. Yep. Go cheap at wide receiver and maybe do double tight end.
1: So well, I don't like double tight end, but I get you. Um so I, I did even a little more than you did. I started at Nick Chubb, right? Because I've already ruled out the top three guys and I went, well, Chubb's not bad, but you know what, Chicago? I'm not gonna I'm gonna temper expectations this week for Chubb. I like Eckler. I think that they're going to be in garbage time. We show, he showed that they'll get him involved in the passing game, but uh, it's still I'm I'm not a hundred percent sold on it. And at seventy two hundred dollars, if I'm going to use him as my value play, I would need to feel really good about it, right?
0: I actually I did consider Eckler at value play too.
1: Um, Jonathan Taylor. We already talked about it. Don't know what's up with you know Jacob Eason over or over Carson Wentz. It's in Tennessee to boot. Um, Najee Harris. Okay, should be better again at home against the Cincinnati Bengals team, but. Um, hasn't done anything to spark me feeling good about him. Landed at Barkley and Carson. Mixon on the road in Pittsburgh. No thank you. Josh Jacobs is evidently a walking um, corpse. David Montgomery on the road at Cleveland. I'm not so sure how great I feel about that. Antonio Gibson against Buffalo on the road. Daryl Henderson at home, but he's playing a stout Tampa Bay run defense.
0: I kind of like Javante Williams at 4900 uh, at at home versus the Jets, but yeah. you still wonder, okay, well, how much is going to be Javante? How much is going to be Melvin Gordon? So far this year, their splits have been pretty much even.
1: And I could have kept going and it's all the same. It's exactly what you said. It's all the same. It's like, man, I don't love this. I don't love this. I don't love this. I like it a little bit. Now I don't love it. And that's just what you have. So, all right, listen, we have four matches through two positions. The, the, my under call is in serious jeopardy here. Um, Let's move to wide receiver and see what happens. You go ahead first.
0: Okay, well, at wide receiver, I'm going to pay to play the same guy I paid to play last week who didn't really do a whole lot for me. That's DK Metcalf. Uh, uh, Minnesota's uh, secondary is not very good. They keep getting burned. And, well, Tyler Lockett might burn them with his speed does anyone on God's green earth really believe that Tyler Lockett is going to have three huge weeks in a row? No, it just can't happen. I mean, literally we'd be looking at, uh, right. Uh, ghostbusters dogs and cats playing together. I mean, there's no way Tyler Lockett has three uh, big games in a row. Uh, he'll get his though. Still DK will be the one though. that will cause the most fits for Minnesota because we just don't have anyone that can physically match up with him in our secondary.
1: I understand that. Um, I made some <coughs> scribble notes on my, on my pad here for my stay away. I know I got to give you my pay up. Um, so when I give you my pay up, I need you to buy me some time so I can try to figure out what my note means. Okay. <laughs> um, so, I initially landed on DeAndre Hopkins. Love the matchup. You already said what we we you know we're paying up for Kyler Murray. Love the stack. But then I I looked and. The reason I wound up on DeAndre Hopkins is because he's a couple hundred dollars cheaper than Tyreek Hill, and I like Tyreek Hill a lot. Coming off of, what, three-catch, 14-yard game? I mean, he's not going to be held in check two games in a row. I just don't buy it. So I wound up back to Tyreek Hill in a rebound game of sorts. Um, You know you got to be damn good to be the highest-paid wide receiver on the board after three for 14. But they've got a loss that they're coming off of. They're going back home. There's no doubt in my mind, Hill gets fed this weekend.
0: Yeah, I was a little concerned about that one. That I uh, actually do kind of like the uh, top corners for the Chargers. I, I, they're short on depth at cornerback, but if they're able to double team Hill like they did, but here's the question: you got to pick your poison when facing Kansas City. Do you double team Hill? Do you double team Kelsey? You can't double team both of them. So one or the other is going to. Just absolutely go ape every single week. And Most weeks they both will.
1: Yeah, five to seven sure. catches, hundred and twenty plus yards, two touchdowns this weekend. Book it.
0: As, as a Tyree Kill stand, I really do hope you're correct on that. I think that uh, his price tag was let's say just felt a little bit high to me. I, I think that he's always a lock for double his price. It's just the question is will he return twenty five points? And again, he's going to need that touchdown to go along with about eight or nine catches for well over hundred yards to reach that three X value, which is always kind of the goal we shoot for among the high end wide receivers. And like I said, again, this week I'm paying up big time for my top two running backs. So I'm not going to have really a ton of money to spend on a Tyree kill or Deandre Hopkins. Uh, in the case of Hopkins, obviously we did say that Kyler Murray is our, our favorite quarterback this week. So when I do those stacks that are going to involve, uh, putting Murray with someone, I'm going to choose either Christian Kirk or Rondale Moore because I think that at that cost savings, it's going to save up so I can afford to pay those two big running backs.
1: Gotcha. All right, so I will give my stay away because I had time to check my my notes. I am staying away from a guy that you've mentioned in your diatribe tonight. I'm staying away from Tyler Lockett. And I'm staying away from Tyler Lockett because— he has had two huge games. He's got four touchdowns through two weeks, right? He's, got over, he's gone over 100 yards each week. I could sit here and tell you that Tyler Lockett has never had three consecutive weeks with 100 or more receiving yards, and I'd be correct. But that's cherry-picking. Tyler Lockett has never had 70 or more receiving yards in three consecutive weeks. Tyler Lockett has only had, let's see, um, touchdowns in three consecutive weeks, twice in his entire career weeks 1 through 3 I'm sorry 3 times weeks 1 through 3 of 2018 weeks 5, 6, and 8 there was a bye week in there in 2018 and week 1 through 3 I believe it was last year and and here's the last one if I can make out my notes um, he's never had more than 6 catches 3 consecutive weeks um, he did that feat once actually that's it weeks
0: yeah long. again it's it's hard to believe he actually had two weeks in a row yep it's virtually impossible for him to have three weeks in a row and he isn't my stay away just because it would almost seem too obvious for me to go that route because again last week i paid to play for dk and i stayed away from tyler lockett he's
1: also the fourth highest uh, paid wide receiver on the board which is insane <clears throat> third at vandal
0: yeah that's 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 way too high for tyler lockett's price tag i mean when he was in the six thousand dollar price range fourth. It made him a little bit more valuable, but not now, not over 8,000. Definitely not going to put my trust in him three weeks in a row. But so the guy I'm staying away from is the guy that I benched last week on Thursday night. And he proved that he was quarterback uh, proof. Terry McLaurin, Uh, you know, it's, it's still Taylor Heineke. The league has one more week of footage of Taylor Heineke now to work with. So I think Buffalo, obviously, at home is a tough place to play. They've got a good secondary. And McLaurin's going to probably get the Tredavious White Shadow, and that's a real thing.
1: Yes, it is. Uh,
0: I don't hate – I mean, I'm not going to not play him in my redraft leagues again. I mean, you draft him as your wide receiver one or two, and Mm -hmm. like I said, I'm not going to make the stupid mistake of benching him for Antonio Brown this week, but (laughs) I'm going to – I'm going to stay away from it in, in DFS this week because, again, he's only $300 cheaper than DK Metcalf, who I think is going to have a better game.
1: Yep, and I misspoke earlier. Um, Lockett is the fourth highest on DraftKings. He is also the fourth highest on FanDuel. Um, Calvin, God, Calvin, one Calvin Ridley higher, yep. slid in above him, yeah. Um, I'm going to give my value play because I think we're going to match here, and this is going to put us at the push. Um, the reason I didn't use DeAndre Hopkins as my payup is for one of those exact reasons that you mentioned earlier. I want to put a cheaper guy as that stack because I think that everybody's going to eat. I'm going back to Rondell Moore as my value play.
0: Well, we didn't match, but I definitely considered Rondell Moore here as my value play. Uh, I kind of went a little higher than normal at my value play this week. Uh, I'm going to go with Robert Woods. And we talked a little bit about what we were a little concerned about, Matthew Stafford. Uh, But as I mentioned, Tampa Bay is missing a few pieces, a few key pieces in their secondary right now. And they've actually given away really good numbers in the first two weeks to larger outside wide receivers. Now, obviously, so far, Matthew Stafford has got the goo-goo eyes for Cooper Cup. But, I mean, Robert Woods did have nine targets last week, so he's not being completely ignored in that offense. Uh, Van Jefferson came crashing down to earth. I kind of considered him first as the kind of sneaky, really cheap play there. But I think, you know what, no one's going to be on Robert Woods this week because – all the attention that Cooper Cup has been getting, but I think the matchup is a better matchup for Woods than it is for Cup.
1: Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. Look, the difference is Cup is really converting. Um, but yeah, I mean Woods still had nine. He had nine targets, and he's. I think people are probably thinking that they made a bad pick with that. And hey, maybe you did. But I agree with you. I, I don't. I don't have any hate for Robert Woods, even in um, weekly lineups. Honestly.
0: Well, here's the thing, when you look at him, too, I mean, right now he's at 5,700 on DraftKings. That's the same price range-wise as Kenny Galladay, Michael Pittman, Sammy Watkins, Devontae Parker, guys with horrible matchups, guys that just don't belong in that tier. And and here's Robert Woods. I mean, the nice thing about Robert Woods is he could even run a touchdown at some given point. You know he's going to probably get a few more touches if Daryl Henderson uh, can't play.
1: Yeah, you know who else I like in that same price range? Sterling Shepard would have been a, a nice little stack with my <clears throat> value play at the, of Daniel Jones, too.
0: Yeah, definitely like Shepard a little bit more on DraftKings because of the full PPR versus uh, the half PPR on FanDuel. But again, 5900 is is a good price for him as well. Yep.
1: Um, you know who else is a good price if he comes back and plays, especially with Landry? Out? OBJ is a good, pri- good play at 5300 I think.
0: Well, it's a great steal. And right below him, Antonio Brown. I mean, obviously, he wasn't involved last week, but he was involved heavily in the previous week. Uh, we know that Antonio Brown will not be shadowed by Jalen Ramsey, which means that he's just as likely to be a, a decent play this week. I mean, it's, I think it's obviously going to either be Mike Evans or Chris Godwin that gets the Ramsey shadow, yep. and that makes uh, a guy like Brown very, very valuable.
1: I would agree. All right, so now we are one shy of the push, two shy of the over. Um, and we're at the tight end spot and I'm gonna let you lead us off because I didn't like, lo- I did not love tight end at all this week. Oh
0: well, yeah. And I, I kind of agree with you there. It's always kind of just like a, ah, whatever. Yep. And like I said, I mean, this might be the week where I, I either pay up and get two high price tight ends or I pay down and get two cheap price tight ends. But the guy that I'm going to pay up for is Darren Waller. Uh, even with Pittsburgh concentrating on Waller last week, he still managed to roll in five catches for 65 yards. Uh, this week, I expect him to return to the range that he's normally in, which is about 10 catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, he's $1,000 less than Kelsey, roughly. I don't dislike Kelsey's matchup, but like like you said earlier, either Los Angeles is going to take out Kelsey or they're going to take out Hill. It's their choice. They're not going to take out both of them. Me yep. uh, as Waller... It's going to be free to eat there, I think, in, in, uh, at home versus the Miami Dolphins.
1: So we have a push um, for the same reason. Like you look at Travis Kelsey, I know I'm all in on Hill. Kelsey should still get some, but you're like, well, he's $800 more and $1,100 more. Um, and yet, look what Waller did when he did nothing, basically, right? Um, so, yeah, Waller for me was the easy pay up.
0: Well, so this I had a hard time with my stay away this
1: week. I did too. I,
0: I could have taken the obvious answer and said Travis Kelsey because of the price.
1: Ditto. First name I wrote down and crossed out.
0: But again, it's it's still Travis Kelsey, and it, it's not a horrible matchup. And yep. I, I could still easily see him hitting three times value. And I just kept looking down the list and was like, there's no one that's high priced that I really don't like this week. Yep, I did
1: the same with so, Gronk. I, I put Gronk down as a net, crossed him out. Not going to make him it.
0: Well, I actually I did settle on Gronk as my choice, being because he has the third highest priced player on the board on both sites. Uh, and I mean, again, this isn't a horrible matchup for him. The Rams have actually been fairly amenable to tight end so far. Yeah. But I just I got to assume the tight end regression is going to hit for Gronk at some point here. I mean, O.J. Howard finally played last week. uh And, again, obviously you're going to have Ramsey covering one of the wide receivers, but there's just so many weapons there. We already said that we don't think that Brady is going to have a huge game. So, I mean, if Brady only has two or three touchdowns this week, uh, the likelihood that Rob Gronkowski is going to catch two of them is kind
1: of thin. I was going to say, but I wouldn't be shocked if Gronk went three for 27 with two touchdowns
0: again though i mean that's great and all but again sooner or later the touchdowns aren't going to hit him.
1: i agree and that's why i wrote him down but then i decided hey the upside's still there even if tom has a slightly worse week right mm-hmm. now, okay let's take a look well tj Hawkinson. well no they got nobody else to throw to it except tj hawkinson and cephas and whoever but hawk's not somebody i'm going to steer clear of can't steer clear of andrews i so wouldn't recommend that um Pizza. Oh, he's forty-nine hundred. No big deal. No fan. No. That no. You know what? Um this may seem like a punt. Stay away from Jonah Smith. That's all I'm staying away from.
0: <laughs> uh, again, it was kind of like that. It's like I mean, I didn't hate any of the higher-priced guys. Right. I mean,
1: yeah. That's why <clears> I landed on Jonah Smith. <throat> with my stay away. Yeah. I, actually,
0: I I originally thought to myself Jonah Smith would be the guy I would choose because he was the highest-priced player on paper that I didn't love.
1: <laughs> and here's the value in me saying that, and you and you um, agreeing with it, is we're already telling people to pay up for other spots and that you may want to try and gain some value by going cheap other spots, right? Well, Smith isn't somebody you should be looking at to save any salary on.
0: Exactly, and, and particularly not when you consider FanDuel where all of the cheap tight ends on FanDuel are all right around the $5,000 price range. So if you are going cheap at tight end, you can get other tight ends with better situations this week for the same exact price.
1: Correct. And now I'm going to let you mention your value play that is going to make us go on the over.
0: (laughs) I don't know about that one. Uh, I'm going to take Gerald Everett of Seattle at Minnesota. Uh, He only had one catch last week, unfortunately, but That was because they were really keying on both DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett in the passing game, along with uh, Freddie Swain. But Minnesota is so, so secondary. They're going to have their hands full double-teaming Lockett and Metcalf, which should leave the middle of the field fairly wide open for Gerald Everett. Last week, that's what Arizona did to them. When DeAndre Hopkins was doubled and Christian Kirk was doubled, and then they had to put a guy on Rondale Moore, all of a sudden, former gopher Max Williams, who's highlight in his career is catching like three passes in one game for Baltimore coming into this goes out and has a career game for seven catches and 94 yards. Well, Max Williams is a big bodied tight end known best for his blocking skills in the NFL. He was actually a good pass catcher in college with Minnesota, but he's been known more as a blocking be- a blocking tight end in the NFL. Well, he had a big game here. Everett Everett's actually a better player than Max Williams by quite a bit. So I really like Everett to exploit the middle of the field against the Vikings this week while they're paying so much attention to Lockett and Metcalf.
1: So I get it. I get it. I do. Um, you are looking to get three times value, which will be nine points, out of Mr. Everett. It's hard yes. It's hard to fault that, right? It's, you don't need much to make your, your three times value that you need. Um, but yeah, I did not settle down that far. I saw somebody who's probably not somebody that should really be looked at as a value in general, um, but at forty nine hundred dollars, yes. He Kyle does. Pitts. He's he, he's more on Fandle. Kyle Pitts has his official coming out <coughs> party this weekend and will return four times value for you.
0: Woo-hoo, nice prediction there. Uh, it's a good matchup against the Giants. Obviously, the Giants have one good cornerback in uh, it was James Bradbury, right? Uh, I want to make sure I didn't mess up his yes, first name. Correct. And there is no chance that James Bradbury is going to be on Kyle Pitts because he's going to be on Calvin Ridley. Now, there's no one else in that secondary with any prayer of covering Kyle Pitts. So, yes, I absolutely love him. Again, 4900 on DraftKings is kind of ridiculous for him still. They, they didn't bump him at all this week, nope. despite having a mini coming out party this past week. And it wasn't like he wasn't used in the first game. He just didn't catch a lot of passes. Uh, but the 6200 on FanDuel, obviously a little bit higher. But again, as we said, everyone's higher priced among tight ends on FanDuel. So 6200 is still nearly $2,500 savings off of the top guys like Travis Kelsey. So I, I like Kyle Pitts a lot. I really considered him. I considered Noah Font in that price range. Yeah. I always love Logan Thomas, so I, I considered him. Uh, again, I decided to go a little bit cheaper because, again, I'm trying to get those two big running backs into my lineup.
1: I know you are. But yeah, I just... Kyle Pitts. If, if when you said double tight end, if you're going to go double tight end, then that's the one you got to throw is to flex. Um, four times value, two touchdowns this weekend. Big day, big day.
0: You're putting them in there at flex uh, as a double tight end, but you're actually really putting him in there as a fourth wide receiver.
1: Yes, basically. Absolutely. All right, and so- let's
0: think about this. If you if you consider him your fourth wide receiver, and he's 4900. Let me tell you who he's uh in there in place of guys who are in the forty nine hundred dollar price range on DraftKings at wide receiver include Tim Patrick, Marvin Jones Jr., Zach Pascal, Tyler Boyd, Will Fuller, Darius Slayton. Yeah, I like Kyle Pitt's chances a little bit better than those guys this weekend. <laughs> yeah.
1: Marvin Jones is playing well though, but yeah, I agree. Like just that's another way to look at it. So there you have it. We pushed five. Correct. Um, I thought it was a tough number. I thought we'd go under. I did not expect us to land on um, two of the running backs, quite honestly. I'm sorry. I said two running backs. Did, did we land on? Yeah, two of the running backs. The stay away. Two running backs. So that's where we really, that's what did it for us. Got to push. Anyway, um, two weeks down. Going into week three. If you are having troubles, don't worry about it. Reach out to Harley on Twitter. Reach at nuclear harley let me say that again reach out to harley on twitter at nuclear harley you can reach out to me at steve gallo nfl and of course at the huddle all kinds of resources for you to help you through um, including the forums which have you know picked up and have some stuff that can help you out too people talk bounce stuff off each other etc and they are closing in on one million posts, believe it or not. So to David and the team over there, congratulations in advance of that happening. It will happen this week. Um, and like always, get blitzed responsible. Cheers.